This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> testing, testing, one, two, three, four, five, six. That is you. This is me. Hello. <laughs> All right. Hi. Yeah, I always have to. See, I'm gonna get a little closer to you just because you always end up recording softer than I do. Because you're just a little bit more low spoken, and yeah. I'm just like. Wow! I'm just so quiet and soft-spoken. Yeah, you're very delicate and shy. Yes. Well, part of her job does involve that telephone service, and she does have that sultry component that she slides into. Do I? <laughs> telephone service? Do you have a sex line I don't know about? What you What's happening? I actually said that today about the one girl, like, we were going to lunch, me and Jessica, and I was like, I almost said something to Jasmine about how she has a sexy voice, and Jessica was like, don't do that, and I was like, yeah, I realize she's too new to the unit to do that, but I was like, I didn't even mean it in a creepy way, but I was listening to her talk to someone, and I was like, like Jasmine's got a little bit of sultry <laughs> And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to make her self-conscious. Don't do that. There was a guy at work that um, I was sitting next to him in a meeting, and I don't know what cologne he was wearing, but it smelled really good. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to ask him what he was wearing, but I'd only exchanged <laughs> yeah. like three or four words with him. You smell good. So I texted my friend Doug later, and I'm like, is it weird to ask? To, t- to ask a guy what cologne he's wearing. Like, is it going to make somebody uncomfortable? Would you be uncomfortable if someone asked you what cologne you're wearing? He's like, nah. But I never did end up working up the courage. And I've been around him since then and haven't noticed this And he hasn't thing. smelled good again. <laughs> so I haven't had an opportunity. I was going to ask you what cologne you wore one time, but you smelled good then and now you right. don't. So do you remember when that meeting about a year ago and you were wearing this one cologne that smelled really good? Do you remember what that was? Could you, do you still wear the same one and you're just not today? Could, could you bring in all your colognes and let me smell them to figure out which one it was that I really like? That might be crossing the line. I might have to get to know him a little bit better before then. Right. Yeah, that might be too much. But yeah, that also implies that you're close enough to someone to smell them. And sometimes that implies like a level of intimacy that people are uncomfortable with. But honestly, if you're wearing enough cologne, then you don't have to be right up on someone to smell them. Obviously, you wanted me to sniff you. It wasn't like I walked behind him and put my nose up against the nape of his neck and went, you smell good. (laughs) (laughs) If you didn't want people to tell him he smells good, he shouldn't have worn such a nice That's right. He was asking for it. I'm wearing cologne. (laughs) Yep. There you go. There you go. It's funny because it's a rape joke. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome. (laughs) that out to uh no i'm not gonna <laughs> welcome to my out that way. it's funny because it's a rape joke anyway <laughs> this podcast on dreams I'm like well what's uh, funny about that is i was just having a conversation today in my class um with students about ethics and how like an understanding of ethics and ethical writing and even ethics and design and i said like when you're in advertising you have to really think about how people are going to perceive what you're saying and that gets extra tricky with humor because there's such a fine line in in humor and I'd mentioned like what has cropped up with the recent Dave Chappelle episode on Netflix and some people I still haven't watched that I haven't watched I've started watching it and then I had to turn it off because I had to go do something and I haven't picked it up yet but I know that there's some jokes in there that people consider to be problematic but then you have other people who are saying you cannot sanitize comedy or else it ceases to be fun even even though we've been discussing other things, this episode is actually about dreams. Well, it's, I would say the dream of the American dream and how it falls apart. <laughs> no. Now, this episode is about um, me having dinner with uh, Stephanie and our friend Christine on Sunday and saying, I've been having really fucked up dreams lately. Can we do an episode? We should talk about, about fucked up dreams. Because <laughs> originally we were going to do self-care. Yeah. Because that's a, obviously a buzz a buzz phrase and, and a topic right now. And then I was like, but I've been having really weird dreams. Can we talk about them? Because I keep having dreams about my job. The, the few that I'd had before we discussed it were dreams where I'd gotten fired. And then um, more recently I had a dream last night where I was expected to actually take a class that I'm teaching. So that's bizarre too so Wait, so in your dream were you sitting in the classroom and then also up at the front well the weird thing was okay so i wasn't actually supposed to teach the class uh, okay there was going to be someone else teaching it but i was still required to take it because there there are people in my school right now who are continuing their educate education and working toward bachelor's degrees well here's the thing i already have my bachelor's and i have my master's so i don't have to do that yeah um, but I hear a lot of conversations about this, the, the people who are doing that and having flashbacks to my memories of being back in school. And so um, I think that was feeding into it, and that's why I had the dream. But for whatever reason in the dream, they were telling me 
that I also had to continue my education. Yeah. And I had to start by taking another English. I mean, really, you should continue your education for your whole life. I mean, that is true. We we should continue to yes. learn and grow and evolve throughout our entire lives. Blah, but blah, specifically, blah. they were telling me I need to take a composition class. My <laughs> the composition class I have designed. Let's see how good your class is. Can but that was going to be it? taught by somebody else. And again, I'm like, I have a in the dream. I'm like, I have a master's in English. What? <laughs> I don't have a design degree, so I can understand why I might have to take design classes. Right. But why am I taking an English class? <laughs> Just to fuck with you. So, yes, my dreams are nonsensical. And, honestly, a lot of them are. Well, don't stop. Because you mentioned about earlier that that dream included a student whom had not successfully completed yes. your class before. And they and for whatever reason, she ended up in the class again. And she was trying to be friendly with me. And I was like... Leave me alone. <laughs> Dismissive of that. Because the whole... Yes, because she had, in, in her final attempts of, at the class, had ended up submitting work that had very clearly been written by someone else, and I was very frustrated with her at the end of it. Did not have an opportunity to confront her on it because that was actually left to someone else at the school. I kind of now wish I had sat down and actually started just going through the paper and asking her to explain different pieces of it, right? Because <laughs> she claimed to have that written it. Be like, oh, really? So you wrote it. Can you explain to me what you mean by this or that? Um, to ask her to even define words that I don't think she even knew the meaning of. Didn't do it. Whatever. <laughs> the issue was resolved regardless. But in my dream, she was present in the class with me. They had brought her back into the school. Right. And she was trying to be friendly with me. And I was like, you need to back the fuck off. Like, you tried to cheat your way through my class. This is not happening. I'm not your teacher. I don't have to be nice to you. <laughs> Go away. Back the fuck off. Now, I think I've had a similar type of dream where I was back in the military on active duty and flying one of my missions, doing one of those things, and everything was going wrong. Um, my uniform wasn't correct. Things were... And it was uh, I, it was impending shame. It was just kind of like... I was like in this no-win situation. It was like, why am I here in this situation? This isn't right. And this is wrong. And I was seeing all the things that were going wrong around me. It, now... Is there a type of dream or a name for this where situations from the past come up in your current dreaming? Okay, well, yes. So um, let, me, let me answer that question in a second. So let me start off um, by talking about what's going on in our brains when we're dreaming. We've kind of gotten away from that format with some, some previous um, topics. That You're we've... never going to have me back again. No, it's not you. Um, Yes. Some of the it is it's always it is you. it always it's always Steve. Anyway, um, so the um, in some of the previous to topics we've talked about. So when I first started, we would do stuff. We'd be like, okay, so what's going the on in your science. brain when this happens, right? What's the science behind this? With other topics that we've been discussing more recently, we haven't gotten so much into the science of it as we have been into like more the psychology. So not like the biological component of it, more the psychological. Right. But with dreams, there's definitely a biological component that we want to talk about. Because so, they happen in your brain. That's, and that's right. biology. It, good, yay! Yay, Stephanie! So here's what's happening in your brain when you're dreaming. So the limbic system, which controls emotions, is very active during dreaming, which is why we tend to attach a lot of emotion to our dreams. Um, and when you wake up after dreaming, though you know it's a dream, you can still kind of carry that emotion with you. I remember listening. Like when you're angry at somebody in a dream and then you see them later the yes. next day and you're like, oh, I fucking hate them. Yeah, I rem so I used to listen to Elvis Durancho a lot. I haven't listened to it in quite some time because my favorite uh, co-host, Bethany, on there left. But... Um, there was there's a guy on the show and his wife will frequently have bad dreams about him like he's cheated on her <laughs> left her and she'll be mad at him she'll actually be like don't come home i had a dream where you cheated on me and he's like i didn't actually do anything why like, she's mad at me right but we all understand having had very intense dreams and waking up and still carrying those emotions with us and that's because the emotional parts of our brains is incredibly active during dreaming so that's why they have that impact on us and the parts of our brain that are responsible for logical thought is the least active. So we have all the emotion with very little of the logic, which is why dreams can impact us to the extent that they do. Um, now, they typically uh, occur during REM sleep, which is not the first stage of sleep. It's a deeper level of sleep that we get to into as we go along. There used to be a theory, theory that it only happened during REM sleep. Fun fact, I had to do a science project when I was in middle school 
and I wanted to look into dreams and REM sleep, so I actually observed people sleeping. Like, one time my dad fell asleep on the couch, and I was watching him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so glad you're telling this story right now. Okay, so um, REM sleep is rapid eye movement. So it's the point that when your eyes start darting around, and that's a sign that you're dreaming, Okay. So I remember he dozed off, and I'm like, well, i got to do this project. Might as well watch my dad sleep. That's <laughs> not creepy. And I look over at him, and I notice that he'd only been asleep for like five or ten minutes, and his eyes were already, he was already in REM. Yeah. At the time, all the research that I had done, and this is pre-internet, so it was like the two or three books I got out of the library. That's a long time I ago. I had to go to like the library, and I had to use the Dewey Decimal System to look up in the card catalog. In the card catalog, yeah. mother of Old God. Old school. And at that time, they believed you only dreamed during REM sleep. Um, and they also believed that it took a... a, a like 10 to 20 minutes to reach that stage. Yeah. My dad had only been asleep for a few minutes and he was already having rapid eye movement. And I'm like, well, he's shit. super advanced. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? They said he's not supposed to be entering this stage for quite a while, but there he was darting his eyes around. I, it was even an excuse to have a sleepover with a group of friends so that I could, and this is in finger quotes, observe them while we were sleeping. You I, can't see me, but I'm turning my head yeah. and looking at her very questioning. No, like, seriously, we did. I don't know that I was able to stay up very long after they <laughs> dozed off. But I, I legitimately attempted to uh, let them fall asleep and then stay awake long enough to did observe they, them. Did you tell them this was a plan? Before? Oh, yeah, they knew. Okay. No, they knew. I was like, so, I was like, so guys, we need to have a sleepover so I can watch you sleeping. And, see, and, and they didn't think there was anything <laughs> creepy about it because it was the 80s. And so see, people were into that kind of thing in the 80s. People did all kinds of fucked up things. <laughs> I'm so glad you specified it was the 80s. If, if it wasn't creepy for other reasons, I would think I need to put a night camera in our bedroom to see what the hell she's doing when I'm asleep. Don't you know. don't want to know, Steve, but it's fine. You're oblivious. It's fine. He doesn't okay. wake up. It's fine. <laughs> I wish I could just take of that picture of the face you made and just we could use that for this episode. <laughs> and I even remember them watching them. And and what was so funny is even in my very, very ridiculous, unprofessional observational study, even I was like, so this whole thing about REM sleep not beginning until a certain stage is bullshit. And I know I personally... I'm a fucking scientist now. Right. Yes! I've just made a major scientific discovery. People start dreaming within just a few minutes. They don't actually have to wait 20 or 30. Right. And that's my experience as well. I can't tell you. And I think everyone's done this. Have you guys ever had the situation where you just start to doze off and you have a certain dream and you like jerk yourself awake, right? But you've only dozed off for three or four minutes. Right. So yeah, the the idea that you don't actually get fully into REM sleep until like 20 or 30 minutes in isn't true. The, also, the idea that you only dream during REM sleep is also been has shown to be disproven. But that's where we do most of our dreaming. And I something I read indicated that that's also where you tend... Dreams that you have during REM sleep are more likely, you're more likely to remember them and retain them afterward. And I, but I think you do have to wake up within a certain yes. period of, either in the middle of the dream or shortly thereafter. Or after, so yeah. a lot of people say what they I, don't dream was, and it's not that they don't, it's just they, they don't remember it. What, yeah. what I was reading said that um, over the course of your eight hours of sleep, there's, oh my God, paper, 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 paper. <laughs> Um, During eight hours of sleep, there's lots of paper. <laughs> yeah, there, there's lots of paper. Um, well, you cycle. Yes. You you cycle and you 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 fall asleep for a while, and then you can then you can go into REM sleep, and then you'll your, come your brain will come out of the REM sleep yeah. period, but you won't wake up, and then you'll go back down again. And all the dreams you have under all those REM periods up until the point where you wake up, you will not remember, uh, according to the research they talk about. Because people remember what they remember when they wake up, right? At, at well, it, so if you the say the most recent dream, well, not necessarily. But if you don't wake up within a certain time period after that REM period ends, like within a minute or two, if you don't wake up, you won't remember it. It it will just float back away. Well, then for whatever. Well, if you don't wake up, so, you're also dead. So remember <laughs> your dreams. If you wake up, is less of an issue. If wah, you woke wah. up, if you woke up during your R, uh, if you woke up and remember your dream, you woke up during. The REM period. Well, then I must be waking up during my REM period because for whatever reason, the past couple weeks, I am remembering every weird, disturbing dream I have. So in the other con- uh, the other research, I was going to say, during REM sleep, higher cognitive functions of your brain are extremely active 
but your body's disabled. Well, okay, no, but that that actually contradicts what I read, which said that the frontal lobe, which is responsible for logical thought, is least active. So, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on the area. But that's why, so the limbic system is very active, which is why there's a high emotional component. But the logical part of your brain isn't, which is why you tend to believe everything yeah. that's happening right. in, in which your Which also dreams. makes sense because why would you need to have logic when you're asleep? Right. That's why but, weird shit happens. And in your dreams, yeah. you accept it, right? right? Because that logic center. But yes, you are con- you are correct that that... Okay, so the part of your brain... Uh, there's a portion of the brain that controls paralysis. It's the... If you guys want to hear the scientific name, it's the sub... Corioleus nucleus. So here's the thing. That's what keeps you from acting out your dreams. But people who sleepwalk, it's because they're acting out their dreams. If that portion of your brain is damaged, it can cause you to act out your dreams sometimes violently. But usually when we enter that level of sleep, our bodies become paralyzed. Otherwise, we would be going through, which... You see with the dogs, like when they're dreaming and they're like running. Which also makes sense because it's your brain keeping your body safe while you're you know right so you're down not, for the count exactly you're not like fighting and yeah. but but the so your amygdala which is also responsible for emotions is the most active during your dreaming which is and and the more active it is the more bizarre and emotionally intense your dreams are so a lot of different parts of your brains a lot of different parts of the brain are engaged in the dreaming process um, but some research that was done by mark solms um, he found out that patients who had suffered damage to the parietal lobe never dreamed anymore. So we're, we're going to put a pin in that topic, and okay. we're going to revisit it. Now we're going to go back to another pinned topic, which is the role of dreams. So why do we dream the, the things that we do? So there are theories about the role that dreams play in our lives or the function of dreams. One of those is that dreams act as a therapist, which means that they help us deal with um, emotional drama. So it's our brain's way of working through uh, emotional situations that are upsetting us or bothering us so that we can cope with it better. Um, And there was one quote that I had that says, we heal from emotional trauma more quickly when we sleep and dream properly and i will i will post my sources again but that came from um bigthink.com uh, and it talked about the serious health qu- consequences of not dreaming which you big thick <laughs> it's a cocksite no i was gonna say i'm intrigued <laughs> big think ah, yeah. that's interesting um because I, I also wanted to look up what happens when you don't dream, which you already referenced, and and the impact of that. Yeah, good going, Steve. And the impact of that, and how, how that affects us. Because if you watched any of the Nightmare on Elm Street, there was the the one where they were all in the the mental ward because you remember she was the main character was being negatively affected because she was trying not to dream. Yes. She was taking drugs to do that, but it, they were like, "Well, you you have to dream." Nightmare on Elm Street crazy. Three, Dream Warrior. Thank you. <laughs> Patricia Arquette is in that, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So um, they talk about the impact of not dreaming on your psyche and and how that can be damaging. In theory, if if it does, if your dreams act as therapy, then if you're not dreaming, then you're not getting that that emotional release. Okay, so another theory, which is called the threat simulation theory, is that it's actually fight or flight training. So your dreams allow you to work through scenarios where you are being threatened so that you can practice what to do. Um, So that you can um, figure out, like, do you attack? Do you flee? What do you do? And so that um, it's like practice for a situation where you might actually be threatened by someone or something. Uh, Another belief, which is something that a lot of artists embrace, is that it acts as a muse. It allows you to access our creative ideas um, and sides more than when we were awake, which you had mentioned when you were talking about, like, um, really famous dreams, the one about John Lennon. Paul McCartney. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul McCartney. Um, Yeah, I read something that said, and I couldn't find, like, the site I found it on, I couldn't find sources, so I wasn't entirely sure that it was 100% correct, but I assume there's some of it, because where else did the story come from? Whatever. Um, supposedly Paul McCartney woke up with a tune in his head and when he, like, he got up, went over to the piano and kind of like, you know, like woke up like, oh, this is a really nice tune. And what he ended up writing was yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It was inspired by a song and dream. Right. I've written and sang song in, songs and dreams. 
I have no musical ability. I don't know how to play any instruments. I'm a mediocre singer. But in dreams, I have actually written songs that I wish that I could, that I had the ability to write down or recreate. Because in them, my dreams are fucking amazing. Of course, our dreams are distorted and absurd. So it could be something that if I were actually to make it, it's either a dream that already exists or it's just terrible. And people would be like... No, Amanda, no. Oh, yeah, well, was, Don't do that. I was going to say, I've had lucid dreams where as soon as I realize I am lucid dreaming, I can fly. I I only remember flying once in a dream, and it was amazing, and I've not been able to do it again. I don't know that I've ever had a dream like that. I, have I was going to say on the Muse front, I have dreams a couple times a year where the entire thing's in French. Like, I'm speaking French, everyone's speaking French. Waking Stephanie could not make it that well in French anymore. It would be I took really a lot of French, but there's no way in hell I could make it I, in the dream, the whole thing. I would love to know if in the dream you're... It's, I wish I could access it to see if it's actual French or I'm, if it's just gibberish that I'm you think fairly, is French. I'm fairly certain that it is legit French. Like I said, I took enough French that yeah. in theory, I know plenty of it, but I mean putting together sentences and having actual conversations now would be... But at one time you learned it, so it's, yeah. it's completely possible yeah. that it's still stored somewhere that yeah. you can so access. Yeah, so like, because I've had mind. dreams and remember bits of it later enough to know that, like, this was happening in the dream and I was talking about this and I know that what I was saying was correct and, like, I understand everything everyone's saying in the dream, but it's not English. Yeah. But my brain is 100% processing it. They say that that you can tell you're fluent in a language when you start dreaming in it. I don't know if that's accurate because <laughs> I'm, I could dream in them, but I would be fucked if you dropped me in the middle of France. Well, maybe not you, but other people. <laughs> right, other people are fluent. <laughs> not Stephanie. Well, I just think, I think it's interesting because you had all this conversation where you talked about what the brain is doing while we're dreaming. Yeah. But everything else is somebody's theory as to why. We're dreaming or what's... But because actually we don't know. That's the thing about science. It's all theory. They're not... like Science is not an exact science. No. (laughs) So that they will do MRIs. Well, they'll see... They they know what parts of the brain are active when you're sleeping. They can gauge like what stages of sleep. So they can... They can read your brain waves and they look at the different... So there's like theta waves and alpha waves and all this yeah. different shit. And they can see which, which ones um, are more common during different levels of sleep. But if you have omega waves, that's not good. <laughs> so, so is my dreaming? It's a Latin joke. <laughs> is my dreaming about the past, the present, or the future? Um, is well, it trying to tell me I'm psychotic? Uh, is it trying to tell me things are okay? Oh, well, Steve, you don't need dreams to tell you that. <laughs> I know I have Amanda. Uh, and uh, me. Wait, yeah. are you calling Amanda psychotic? No, mm, she can tell me. I think he's saying that I'm telling him he's crazy. Anyway, so one of the other uh, so one of the other rules of dreams is that they actually um, a theory is they aid memory storage so that like we take in a lot of information throughout the day when we go to sleep that our brains actually take that information and are able to process it and help us remember it. I read a big chunk on that that talked yeah, about that, was the same. that that exact same thing and said yeah our brains is processing our short term into our long term. Yeah. Our abi- yes. our ability for our brain to, you know, retain information and things without sleep would be Right. So your memory yeah. actually is more impaired when you're not sleeping because yeah. memory because sleeping helps us with memory storage yeah. in that conversion, which I've also heard is why I've heard some theories as to why we have deja vu that it's not actually um, that we we're, we're living something it's that we're having like our brain is is um, Thinking that something that is short term is long term. Anyway, it's 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 a it's a malfunction. <laughs> I was just about to say our brain is re remembering. No, it's it's a it's a mal- <laughs> it's oh. taking something new and trying to store it, uh, recognize it as something fresh and short term. Um, but for whatever reason, our brain kind of malfunctions and thinks it's long term. So we think. I've done this before because our brain is not storing the memory yeah. properly. So I don't know if my brain's malfunctioning or not, but I've had seven or eight different instances of deja vu that were so pronounced that I stopped what I was doing. It was just like, I've oh, literally before. just told you that your brain is malfunctioning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> deja vu, Steve. <laughs> However, I remember a dream from when I was a little kid, and I just remember seeing this roll of color. 
and I saw this world of color, and I would dream, and I would see this world of color. And there was a day where I was playing with some other neighborhood kids up the street and climbing in a tree, had my legs around a branch and grabbed hold of a branch while it was dead, and it snapped off in my hands, and my body flung down, and my legs couldn't hold my weight. And I looked up, I looked up which was then down, and as I came out of the tree, <laughs> as, it, as the king, because it was spring, and the people, you know, their lawn had all kinds of weeds in it, and there were these little purplish flowers and dandelions and everything, and there was this swirl rush of color came up at me, and I knew I had seen that before, but I had never known why I'd seen that before. I think it's a concussion. And you so, now see so you want to say that <laughs> Steve has had brain damage. So I mean, you, and, uh, but the great thing is. Based on the science that we just talked about, nobody can tell me I am or am not crazy. Did I have precognitive dreams? Well, or was it that instance certain, where my brain no, was trying to categorize it by something I had seen before but did not realize I had seen it before? No, well, uh, certain scientists would tell you that there was a glitch between a recent memory and your brain saying, oh, no, this is an old memory. You've seen this before. That's, oh, my that's God, what, we are literally describing the Matrix. Yes, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's a glitch in the Matrix. Anyway, so yeah, so so um, certain scientific philosophies would tell you that that was a, a flaw in your memory system, telling you that something that was actually um, short-term and recent was long-term and that you'd seen it before. So I can tell you that I'm reasonably well-functioning adult. Uh-huh. <laughs> but from my point of view and from the memories that I hold and I can express to you now, that how I recall it is I had that vision in dreams before, and then when that event happened, and that was like... It when felt it, like a memory it, rather than something new. And I was like 10 years old. It, I'm not talking right. about... No, but I'm telling you that what science says is that's, that's a glitch in your brain's attempt to store a short-term memory. So there, we, then, so there we have proof. I am defective. Baby, we've had proof for quite some time. say, we don't need this. <laughs> hmm. But it seems so real. This no, is exactly I, oh, no, I totally understand. I have it too. I have experienced deja vu a number of times. For me, my own personal philosophy is that when I get a slew of, of deja vu in, in, a, in a short period of time, I take that as the universe's way of telling me that I'm on the right track. That's just my interpretation of it. I have no basis in fact or reasoning for it, but like when that kind of stuff happens, I'm like, okay, so I'm really hoping that this is a sign that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I generally anymore just equate it to the fact that I smoke way too much weed. <laughs> oh, so I wish I could use that excuse. Uh, maybe it's just because I drink too much vodka. I don't know. So um, anyway, so memory storage is another role of dream. Um, wish fulfillment, of course, I think we can all get on board with that. A lot of times, we and that's where sex dreams come in, right? Or or meeting celebrities or anything that we're having sex with celebrities. <laughs> okay, so here, okay, here's the thing: winning lottery, having sex with the money. I don't know, having sex with the lottery winner. Oh, that's duration. Sorry. Uh, I'm just picturing um, Scrooge McDuck diving into the coins <laughs> and then like... With a boner. Fucking another duck on the coins. I don't know. Anyway, um, so for me, I have this weird thing where like I frequently have... If I've watched a television show or a movie, the people who are in that will often appear in my dreams. Um, but I don't get to do fun things with them um, because at the point where like things might happen they always morph into someone else so like even in my dreams i'm like oh this is pretty awesome and then oh reality just stepped in like so i never get i get i don't get total wish fulfillment i get wish teasing like you're so close you're so close and then <laughs> no. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's really upsetting it is my my brain my own brain likes to fuck with me like it dangles the carrot and then yanks it away right before I'm about to grab it. Well, now just just up. just as an item of conversation, um, according to um, Jung, everyone. Carl Jung. Yeah, Carl. Everyone in no, uh, Jim, not not Carl Sagan, Carl Jung. Um, <laughs> Carl Thomas, he lives on the street. He's a real cool guy. <laughs> Carl Urban. Uh, Carl Urban. <laughs> 
She has a problem remembering his name for the longest time. I can never remember his name, so I <laughs> It's started. a weird name, to and be fair. I always want to think, like, I, I know him, I've seen him in a billion things, I love him, but I can never remember his name, and so I've had to begin a practice of every time I see him, I have to shout his name to, like, try and to remember <laughs> it. And if she shouts it, she'll get it right, but if she just... It, and I'm like, uh, oh uh, my uh, god, who is it, who is it? Nope, who is no, it? No. But then I'm like, Carmen! And I'm like, yes! I, I always think Keith Urban, and then I get mad because country. Yeah, that doesn't work. No. And then you have Keith David and David Keith. That's my favorite. Oh, oh my the God, best part about crazy. that, when you go Google them, I forget what movie it is, it lists the wrong one and has the wrong picture. <laughs> it is the best thing ever. <laughs> Carl Jung says that everyone in a dream represents an element of the dreamer. So Right, yeah. So, Carl, so that someone yes. in your dream... And you recognize them, and then they morph into somebody else. These are elements of yourself. Right. So, um, again, you're jumping ahead. But that's cool. <laughs> God damn it. Twice. I'm two for... If you just, if you I like that. It's cool. It's fine. It's whatever. If you just looked at my fucking notes, we could be on the same page. But you've got to go off and do your own thing. Mr. Independent. But that's fine. I love you. It's fine. Anyway. Teamwork so. makes the dream work, Steve. Get it together. So, <laughs> ooh, dream work, dream. See, so appropriate, right? Oh my God, do we have to acknowledge the copyright? No, okay, no. So, um, I already thought about that because we keep saying REM. It's two words, not one. So it's uh, fine. Okay. It's not. Oh right. So, uh, yeah. So his his belief was that our brains used um, that that dreams were meaningful. That it was our brains working through conflict and chaos. The conflict and chaos experienced in dreams ultimately brings order to our lives. So he believed that dreams were there to help us. Like, we should interpret them and we should understand them because it helps us understand our lives and it helps us take chaos and turn it into order. Um, Freud, of course, was... Uh, so Jung studied, Oh, well, now we're going back. Well, Jung started, studied under Freud. Yeah. And so Freud very much believed that... That sounds like a Freudian slip. Under? But <laughs> um, So he also, he also believed that dreams are a way of, like, kind of working through shit and it allowed us to deal with, like, repressed issues and all that good stuff. Um, but I'm still going to roll back a little bit to the role of dreams. Um, so the last uh, theory on what dreams do for us is that they believe that um, it is also restorative. That that we have to sleep and we have to dream. Because when, when we're dreaming, we are in like the deepest level of sleep or a deeper level of sleep. That it helps us, that it, it's very important in um, us restoring and, and renewing and refreshing uh, and that they help us um, in that deeper levels of sleep. Um, they regulate mood, appetite, and libido. So that in order to be physically and mentally and emotionally healthy, we have to sleep deeply enough to dream. To process a lot of the things. And that, that does kind of tie into what you were saying like with Jung that... He believes that it allows us to, like, it's representative of issues and conflicts that we are experiencing in our lives and that dreams help us work through that so that we can deal with these issues and move forward. Like when you're mad at your roommate and you dream you're slapping her. Right. Okay, so I cannot tell you, we were talking about this earlier over dinner, I cannot tell you how many rage dreams I have. I have a lot, I have way more, I would say in the last probably five years I've of when I've been I've had them the most and I don't know because as I've gotten older I've actually gotten better about like expressing things so I find it amusing that my rage dreams have increased with that it's because you're indulging them and so their dreams are like yes yes feed me more <laughs> kill but I, I yeah I frequently have dreams where I am enraged over a situation and I am uh, confronting the people who are making me angry and I am just losing my yeah. shit. And I don't necessarily get physical with them. Like, I'm not beating people up. I, I beat people. There's a lot where I'm hitting and beating people. I, so, which okay, I love. It's great. I don't I don't get physical with them. I think there have been ones where I've, like, flailed around and broken shit or, like, slammed my fists on things. But that's the extent of it. Like, I don't get violent, physically violent, but verbally, like, I just fucking go crazy. Yeah. And in the dream, while I'm just going off on these people, I think I'm fully justified in my actions. And I am surrounded by people who think I'm not. So oh, well, that's <laughs> apparently in my life, if I'm going to take like a Jungian approach, I frequently feel like I am fully justified in my anger and other people are trying to tell me to 
calm down. Uh, Which is maybe why you don't do those things in your real life because you know deep down that I was, you're not just... Well, you, I was you getting don't... really frustrated at the Renaissance Festival this past weekend because I had bought tickets online and I had downloaded them and I couldn't access it because I couldn't get service. And it took me a good Ooh. 10 minutes to figure out how to access the PDF that I had downloaded because what I had in the emails were all links yeah. to shit and i to could be fair that's your own fault because it's renaissance they didn't have wi-fi uh, uh you're right so it's all on me yeah. but i so you weren't justified in your i wasn't but there were very there were probably three or four times where i stopped and i looked at steve and i went i am so fucking frustrated that was the extent of it. I didn't throw a fit. I stepped away. I stepped out of line. I stepped away from the crowd. I wasn't being rude But there was the last time I did it, and I was like, I am so fucking frustrated. I'm pretty sure that my daughter was sitting next to me, and I'm pretty sure I heard her go, stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I may have misheard it, but I'm like... Oh shit! Is she like upset? Because what I really like is I can totally imagine her doing it too, and it makes it even. Oh, she she did it. So oh, you heard her. (laughs) So in the. Oh my god, but she was like, stop. And I'm, here's the thing. Mom, you're being embarrassing in front she's of the like, peasants. She's no stranger to losing her shit. Like, like, yeah. so she should get it. And I wasn't being mean to anybody. <laughs> I wasn't being rude. But I was like, oh my god, I'm so fucking frustrated. And, and I wasn't like, thr- you know, I wasn't being ridiculous. I wasn't doing it around other people. But I heard that little soft little, stop. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? Am I embarrassing? And then all of a sudden I was like. Oh my God, my children are embarrassed. I was gonna say it's honestly just so, moms so, being embarrassing. You could have been doing not then, then anything. Again, and it- <laughs> so then again, put a pin in that because, quite frankly, right there, she was trying to circumvent your ability to embarrass her. That's a parent's greatest weapon. However, going going back to the pen. So in the union model, where your dreams allow you to filter the residue of the day. He believed that it would allow you to review the events of the day without your ego because you'd be asleep it would remove and your ego would be asleep too (laughs) yeah that's what he just said review without ego your ego would be asleep (laughs) (laughs) that's that being the point so so when you talked about rage that was your brain's opportunity to review the situation while removing everything and allowing you to express and, and, and say and do and be everything you wanted to be in that moment. And your ego obviously. <laughs> and your ego would be asleep. That was like, yeah, it was like such a gotcha moment. And then it's like, well, yeah, but we just... <laughs> yeah, it made sense in my head. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, to, to, to jump that broom, um, so oh, Fritz, to jump that line into the next part, uh, Fitz, who, st- who all worked under the Gestalt uh, theories, came up and said that everything in your dreams was symbolistic of something about you. Well, so not, instead of was... Jung said, where Jung said that every person in your dream represented some aspect of your personality, according to Fritz, under Gestalt said that everything in your dream was representative of some aspect of you. So in your dream, you just pay attention to the, he would ask questions um, about the things that were in the dream, not just the people, because he... Were you in the dream? Everything. Do you feel that represents you? So if you know, I don't know if you were in a dangerous situation, and I, 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 I don't know. Honestly, I, I never paid that much attention. I, I just thought that was weird. See, it's like nobody comes up with a theory that really works, so the next person just comes up with something. Well, yes, they all pay. I mean, that's what theories are. They piggyback on one another, but that's the thing. It's because here's the thing: in trying to understand our brain, we're, we're using. The very thing we're trying to study to study it. So it's really hard. It just don't make no sense. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) All right. So uh, I'm going to take a step back to Dean. I'm going to take a step back to dream deprivation. Because, again, um, the the first uh, time that I had ever been presented with the idea that not dreaming is really detrimental was actually in 
nightmare. Mel Street. Yeah. Like the idea that like she was uh, taking drugs to prevent her from dreaming, so she wouldn't dream of Freddie. Which is weird was... because I take drugs to dream, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but the, uh, but one of the concerns was, well, she's going to go crazy if she doesn't dream, right? Like, right. that was the, the dramatic premise is that if you don't dream, you're going to go insane. And I would argue she did because I would like to point out, who makes a paper mache version of the house they keep dreaming about in their nightmares? <laughs> it's fucking strange. Who makes paper mache anything? Also That's that. so hard. Right. That's a lot of work. Well, I'm doing my sci-fi thing there, but there's the whole Star Trek episode, Next Generation TNG, and uh, where, where they... <laughs> Okay, so so I'm a geek. Anyway, uh, there's a whole episode about they they hit an area of space where their brain chemistry, they were prevented from entering REM sleep. And after about a month, they all started going psychotic. I think I saw that one. Anyway, that was just an episode. But please, it's an interesting topic. Let me interrupt, but now continue. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, that was the first time I was presented with the idea that if it's you don't dream, do. it makes you go crazy. I know you're you're lovely. Anyway, <laughs> um, and of course, at the time, as the teen, I was like, "Wow, that's fucked up," and I just kind of accepted it as truth. Um, I mean, it's a movie. Why right. wouldn't it be? So it must be true. Um, in in entering into the research phase for this episode, I wanted to see if that was actually the the case. If it is truthful that not dreaming can have an impact on your mental health. And there is actually a syndrome, and I don't know how to pronounce this. I could completely butcher it, but it looks like it's Charcot-Wilbrin syndrome. That's what I would have said. Oh, so yes. thank you. Yes, because we both know that say right maybe we're French. Both, or maybe we're just both wrong. Either way. But we're supporting each other in our wrongness. So exactly. And I'm not contradicting. Because you... For <laughs> once... <laughs> God forbid I mansplain. <laughs> Man pronounce. I don't know. <laughs> it results in the inability to dream. Um, and the reduction in REMC sleep is co- correlated. God damn it. The reduction in REM sleep is correlated with the increase in mental disorders. So there is some uh, scientific support for the idea that if you are not dreaming... It does impact your mental health. Is there any kind of fractional percentage or anything? Because I can't imagine it's every kind or every time. I, mean, I don't know. Read of, read of incidents. Because uh, I would I, hate for people listening to this who thinks that I'm not dreaming, I'm going to go insane. Okay, well, most that's people. That's not a guarantee. Th- well, okay, so. To be fair, if they've been listening to it on a regular basis, there's a good chance they're a little bit off the rock okay, anyway. So the, so the six people who listen understand <laughs> that we are not experts. And if they're really concerned, they have Google. They can fucking look it up themselves. They have WebMD. So, um, I don't know that it can necessarily make you go insane, but it might contribute to certain issues. (laughs) However, a lot of people who think they don't dream, it doesn't mean they're not dreaming. It just means they're not remembering them. So, there's a damn good chance that you're dreaming you just aren't waking up in that stage that allows you to remember My it. mom and me actually discussed that earlier today because she asked what we were reporting on. And I uh-huh. said dreams and something came up and she made the comment about my father who insists he does not dream. But also insists that when he does dream, it's always in black and white. I've heard... And, that's uh, okay. actually rare. Yeah. Okay. So there's... there's, there's those are some... He says it's because that's the kind of TV he grew up with. So that's why his dreams are in black there's, and white. There are studies that say there's a higher incidence <laughs> I don't know if I, of people I, who I, dream in black and white who grew up when there was only black and white TV and black and white movies. Yeah. Okay. So... I'm pretty sure he's just insane. Well, that may be it too. I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Because so, you are related to him. But I remember... I remember... Oh, I remember growing up and hearing certain theories in terms of dreams. So one of them was if you die in a dream, you're going to die in real life. Which is true. If you're falling <laughs> in your dream, you want to wake up before you hit the ground. But I swear to God, I've had a dream where I hit the ground and I woke up and I was alive. So I, I don't know about that. But the Did other, you? I did. Are you sure you're alive? Uh, this could all be... Um, Hell. A dream! This could all be and, and my version of hell. She I don't may know. be very resilient. It wasn't the, the impact that it was. It would have been the bounce that I bounced her. up and I was fine. So I didn't yeah. actually die. Um, but the other thing is I remember uh, that they said that since like there's uh, one part of your brain is more active, that um, the part of your brain that's more logical, as we've already said, tends to be 
less active, that you can't read in dreams. But I distinctly remember reading in dreams that I've had, like looking at signs or different things and reading it. But I've, yeah, I've, I've read like, oh, you can't dream in color. You can't read in dreams. So I've, I've read a lot of different Weird. theories about what you can and can't do. And I, I don't know how true those are. Um, however, there have been studies on dream deprivation um, and the thing is, like, if you're someone who, who struggles with sleeping and you take medication to help you sleep, the problem with that is it also tends to suppress REM sleep, which means that you may be falling asleep, but you're probably not falling into the, the deep sleep that allows you to dream. And people who are deprived of REM sleep experience weight gain. They experience difficulty in concentrating, and they also are more irritable. They have more anxiety, tension, delusions, and hallucinations. So that does support the theory that if you're not dreaming, you're not doing so great in terms of mental health. Which my yeah. brain also keeps wondering, like, because so much of this just sounds like, because REM type or REM sleep tends to be tied to the deeper, more restful yes. sleep. So my brain is also kind of thinking, like, so maybe it's not necessarily the dreaming part that's the issue, but the restful the deeper, sleeping yes. part. So are they saying those two things are, like, completely tied together? I have so many questions now. Yeah. So I don't know if it's I don't know if it is the dreaming part of it that is restorative, or it's the deeper level. That if you're is a scientist and you're listening to this, please call us. The thing is, I don't think they know either. That's the problem. Like this is confusing for them as well. So I don't know if it's the act of dreaming that makes us feel better, or if it's the fact that we're in a deeper level of sleep when we dream usually. Um, but, but given given the level of science that proves that alcohol disrupts <laughs> sleep, I probably should not have built a bar in my house and keep such a supply. Right, because well, alcohol disrupts just go ahead and finish everything that's in the bar and then start first. And then be done. Um, so, uh, But not only do medications that aid in sleeping prevent that. So like if you've ever heard, I've heard people who have talked about like fucked up shit they do on Ambien. Ambi the Ambien walrus, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So Roseanne claimed that she had tweeted racist shit when she was on Ambien. But I've also heard of people doing like Ambien shopping. Like they'll yep. <laughs> or eating, like sleep eating. They'll wake. They'll as, as a person who took Ambien for a small period of time, I had some interesting conversations while on Ambien that I don't know if I would have had not on Ambien. Yeah. So yeah, there is sort of a, a blackout phase on it where you're still conscious, but... Well, you're still you're still acting like you're conscious, yeah, but, but your, your mind brain, isn't Yeah, engaged. your brain's pretty much done. Yeah, that makes me yeah. super nervous. But I've never blurted out racist shit, so... I'm not sure that part's legit. And I believe that the <laughs> I believe the makers of Ambien actually also tweeted and said that their product was not known to make people racist. So So good try, Rosanne. Yeah. Nice try, bitch. So Well what I would have to say is it sounds like it reduces just like alcohol, it could reduces so inhibitions. Right. It reduces inhibitions a little bit, which might encourage you to shop more. But if it or spew if, the racist bullshit that's right. already in your brain. Say the things you're already thinking. Yeah. If it, yeah, yeah, there had to be something there to begin with. Yeah, but alcohol and pot both are are supposed to be disruptive. Whatever, I smoke pot. And Here's it the helps. thing. Okay, so on nights I don't drink, I have a harder time falling asleep and staying asleep. But when I wake up, I tend to feel better. So I don't know what the fuck that is about. All I know is like last night I didn't have any drinks and I went to bed and I was super sleepy, and it took me hours to go to sleep and I still and I woke up at like five. And then I kind of dozed off a little bit, and I was like, holy shit, when I got up, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. I didn't get much sleep, but I actually felt okay. Other times when I drink, though, I fall asleep and I stay asleep, but then I wake up feeling shitty. So They do say that it really doesn't help you fall asleep, and it really doesn't help your sleep quality. It, it must not, but I, I do know that when I don't have a drink or two before I go to bed, it takes me longer to fall asleep, and I feel like I wake up sooner. Further proving science is not an exact science. Don't do it. I don't know. Well, you know, they say as you get older, you need less sleep. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And if when, <laughs> when you're entering menopause, you don't either. So who knows? I'm 45. I'm almost 46 years old. Oh, maybe I'm entering the change. Um, the change. Uh, so nightmares, which we haven't really talked about, but they can be exacerbated by antidepressants, antipsychotic stress, and anxiety. 
And so if you're taking it, make any medications that are designed to help you feel better, <laughs> they might actually increase your nightmares. I'm going to say I'm amused by that because as a person who has had nightmares continuously since they were a small child, I find it amusing that taking antidepressants is supposed to make that worse. Yeah. Well, do, okay, so Shantix, have you seen the commercials for that? Oh, so, that's scary. With Ray Liotta, those do cause nightmares. Okay, so, well, <laughs> I actually... Never mind. Oh, anyway, it looks like a ghoul. Yeah, we know where that was going. Mm. I he's got dark eye, dark hair, and light eyes, which I find to be an intriguing combination. And he's had a little bit too much Botox. I need to dye my hair darker. His face is no, you his don't. His face is smooth. Um, I I'm cool with the ugly, sexy thing. That's all I'm saying here. Anyway, <laughs> this explains why she's married to me. Wow. Okay. Oh, oh favorite quote ever. <laughs> I'm okay with the ugly, sexy thing. You know what? <laughs> now I know why I get invited to dinner so often. <laughs> um, she sleeps with me, so I'm going to allow that. <clears throat> anyway. Okay, so we're just going to... Back where Gloss right over that. Well, okay. Anyways, so back what about, to the Shantix commercials. Yeah, okay. That so nightmares. That's messed up. So we have a, a mutual friend whose husband use Shantix to help him stop smoking. And he talked about the fact that he got really fucked up dreams when he was on it. And I've heard that that's not uncommon. And if you watch the commercials, one of the warnings they have is like disturbing dreams. Fucked up dreams. Right. So apparently that's that, for whatever reason, Shantix, the, the, the smoking cessation aid can cause people to have really fucked up dreams. So um, I don't know how that there's there must be something in it that like changes your brain right the brain functioning and whatnot um, and it must have the impact that certain other antidepressants because I think it's actually kind of an antidepressant that one may be the one that's yeah related to like Wellbutrin right and and so it, if that's the case it would which make I mean sense. yeah you know again is an antidepressant right so. so it would make sense that that's the case yeah but it's kind of sad to think that if you're taking medications to help with depression then you're gonna have really shitty fucked up dreams now you can just be sad about the things you dream about not the <laughs> things exactly. you live well the, the other thing I, I tripped across a fact that said that three quarters of the dreams that are reported in scientific studies have negative connotation. Three quarters? That's 75%. Yeah. <laughs> well, but they don't necessarily report them as all nightmares. So they just say a negative connotation. So that implies that it's just that we, we can't relate to them. They're out there to the point they're so strange that, that some they're, they make us uneasy. I would say they're unpleasant. And it might be just the fact that we don't understand. That's the end of the first half of our discussion on dreams. Come back in two weeks and hear the second half. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.